welcome to the second episode of the Think to Win podcast uh, with Burke O'Day and Sam Lucy. How are you today, Sam? Fine, Burke. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. So today we are going to talk about, you know, obviously thinking more is what we what we do here. But, you know, I really want to get into how you do that. You know, we can talk all all about that we need to do that and how important it is. But, you know, how do you really think in a situation instead of react? Okay. Our whole program really, the, the, you know, the tagline is think more, react less. Think more, react less. When we think we win, when we react, we lose. That's, you have to always keep that in mind. So you say, well, you know, how do I know when I'm thinking and when I'm not? Well, in order to understand how to know when you're thinking and when you're not, you need to understand that there are two things in a the world. There's something called facts and there's something called non-fact. Well, why don't I just get to the point and call a non-fact a lie? Okay, so there's really nothing in the world but facts and lies. Facts and lies. Okay, that's the first thing you have to do is realize and separate the wheat from the chaff and say there's facts and there's lies. Now, a fact is something that I can prove. A lie is something I can't prove. It's real simple. It's, see, the beauty in this whole understanding yourself and the program and what makes you do what you do and how you correct it, it's all logic. It's all, it's all logic, and human beings are programmed to understand logic. Okay? So the first thing I have to do is realize there's facts and lies. I have to be able to separate them in my mind. So let's start right there. What's a fact? A fact is something I can prove. And... and it's, it's real simple. If I can't prove it, then it's not true, then it's a lie. Now, some lies look really nice. Oh, they look magnanimous, you know, they look wonderful. You know, like, boy, you know, um, you're the greatest person I ever met in my life. That's a lie. You know why? Because I can't prove it. I can't prove it. You know, I could say, to me, you're the greatest person I ever met in my life. But Somebody else is going to say, you know, somebody else looks at you and they say, well, I don't think you're great at all. I think you're a phony or this or that. See, so if you can't prove it, it's a lie. Now, I'll, t- I'll use something. Let's, let me take something more close to home, like my mother, okay? I could say that my mother is the, is the best mother in the world. Can I prove that? No, I can't prove that. I could say my mother is the worst mother in the world. Can I prove that? No. And most people probably do believe their mother was the best. And if you actually get into breakout and tear, and tear into deep enough, you'll find that most of us believe our mother was the best and the worst at the same time and don't realize it. And that's what drives us crazy, things like that. But So what can I prove? My mother, uh, you know, grew up in Abella, Pennsylvania, uh, this, the daughter of a coal miner, very poor. I can prove that. That's a fact. See, uh, my mother used to teach us when we were little and tell us stories about being poor. And I listened to those stories. And I, I know that those stories helped shape me. And one of the stories she always told about being poor and, and being ashamed of being poor, go to school and kids laughing at you because you didn't have nice clothes. And, and um, you know, it just felt uh, less than. And I always took that to heart and I felt bad about that. I think that's one of the things, if not the thing, that made me always want to try to help people. Because of my, my, the feelings I could feel, my mother's pain when she would tell me those stories. So let's get back on point. Okay, think more, react less. Facts, opinions. Facts, opinions. Now, what happens to us is that we, our system, 
without our permission, without our participation, if you're a human being, your system makes up opinions. It makes up thousands of opinions, buries them inside you. You don't even know most of them are there. You only know a few of them. Most of them, you don't even know they're, they're there, but they're living inside you and they make you do what you do. So we, we, we worship those opinions and we don't realize it and we don't realize that that's you know, what's going on, but that's what happens. So what happens when I feel the influence of an opinion, then my brain shuts off. See, my emotion and intellect will not work together when I feel the influence of an opinion. They will not work together. My, my intellect shuts off so that my ego can do its dirty work. And, it, and it's really that simple. Okay, so if you want, it, how, how do you think? First thing you do is understand there's facts and lies. Opinions are lies because you can't prove them. What I do now is I say to myself, and it's kind of, it's kind of automatic with me. Can you prove that? No, then don't, then don't say it. Now, years ago, before I understood this, I'm a very dominant person, and boy, I like to tell you how I feel, and I like to tell you what I know. I've always been that way. And I used to say that when I knew, when I was trying to take an opinion and force it down somebody's throat, you know what my favorite saying was? I know it as a fact. I would say that all the time. I know that as a fact. Man. When I think of how many times I said that, how many times I shot myself in the foot, how many times I sabotaged myself when I look back over my life and now that I'm older, whew, if I hadn't done that, if I had known what I know now when I was 25, 35, 45, it would be, it'd be a completely different world for me. I'm, I'm in a completely different world now because I don't do that anymore. There's nothing but facts and lies. And how do you know it's a fact? I can prove it. How do you know it's a lie? I can't prove it. If you can't prove it, shut up. Don't say it. Don't say it. If you do say it, then go back and repair the damage. For instance, can we give you an example, okay? You're, you're, somebody touches an opinion with you. Somebody, Maybe somebody that you have a, a good relationship with, right? And they touched an opinion with you, and you blow up, and you, and you say something to them, something you wish you, you hadn't said. We all do that from time to time, right? Some of us do it a lot, Okay. When you understand this, you go back and you repair the damage. In other words, you go back and you say, you know what, I'm sorry I said that, I wasn't thinking, okay? You touched an opinion of mine and, and that turned up, turned, I'm sorry I did that, I, I, that was not real for me, because it wasn't real from you, see? But you have to study the B code in order to, to understand all this. So uh, that's, the way, that's the way I do it all the time. There's another caveat to this too that you want to understand because People will throw it up to you. They'll say, well, when you tell them you want to, you want to live in truth, because see, when you, facts are true and, and opinions are lies, right? So you want to live in truth. And people say to you, well, you, are, you walk around and you're preaching about living in truth, but look at you. You did this or you did that, and that wasn't truthful. So I want to set the record straight very early, okay? Making a commitment to live in truth does not mean that you will always do it. Because you can't. The only way you can live in truth is live as much as you can without the beliefs that interfere. Then you have to find your beliefs and eliminate them in order to live more truth. So people want to say, oh, well, you're a hypocrite. No. You make a commitment to facts and truth, and then you keep working towards it. And how do you live more truth? You find opinions, which are lies, and eliminate them. And there's a process called breakout that we do that. But how, where does it all start for think more, react less? Separating that there are facts and lies. And accept that you're worshiping your lies. You know, if, I, if, you, if you hold something dear, which is an opinion, see, you don't have to hold facts dear. It's, it's really strange because when you understand facts, they're just there. 
<laughs> they don't ask you to do anything. They don't put any pressure on you. They're just so there for you to use and, and, and do well with, okay? Then you got an opinion. Oh, boy, I get all this thanks, all this pressure, all this stress, and all these feelings. And then when you want to, when you violate one of my opinions, oh, man, I, ooh, just, I got I to gotta set this straight. People don't realize it. That's where they're living their lives. Drama. I can't take drama no more from anybody. I just can't live in drama. If you want to be in drama, please just go away from me. In, in my circles where I live, in the closest places I live, no drama. No drama. You know, if you're going to say something to me, it better be factual or I'm going, I'm going to call you out immediately. I don't want to hear you. I'll get a salesperson and they want to say, well, let me tell you this story. I don't want to hear your story, okay? I have a customer that doesn't understand what they bought. That's your responsibility to know, not theirs. Don't tell me your stories. I don't want to hear your stories about that. I don't want to hear them because all you're telling me is your opinions. Now, you want me to help you figure out how you can stop doing that? I'd be glad to do that, but don't tell me your story. But, but you don't want to, I don't want to hear it, see? So the first thing you have to do is it's black and white. It's black and white. There's facts and lies. Separate the two and realize you're worshiping your lies. Find them and get rid of them. Those are opinions. Find them and get rid of them. You know, when I started my, my quest for really getting serious about human behavior, it was a long time ago, and I was hiring this consultant from, from Philadelphia, near Philadelphia, and he was charging me probably around $5,000 a visit to come in and help me with my company. $5,000 then was a lot of money. It was probably more like twenty-five or thirty today anyway, easy. And, uh, and, and I actually felt it was worth it. I'm not, I don't want to put the consultant down. Uh, he taught me the difference between how people are different, and he taught me what, the importance of communication. But he couldn't do anything with attitude, which that, that's where I had to figure out myself. But I'll never forget what he told me. He looked at me one day and he said, Sam, he says, you know your problem? He says, you see everything as black and white. He says, you see everything as black and white. And I figured, well, I'm paying him all this money. You know, he, he probably knows what he's talking about. So for the next year or so, I saw everything as gray. The worst years of my life. The only thing that I had that I was doing accurately was seeing things as black and white. What do you mean by that? Whenever you say, you facts know, and, facts and lies. Okay. Black and white, facts and lies. And so then what did the gray sort of, you oh, know, well, what did that bring it, in? That's black. No, that's no, no, it's, it's a, it's a shade of black. You know, you're wearing a blue shirt. If my eyes say it's blue. I guess I'm a little colorblind, but you're wearing a blue shirt. It's not pink. Mm-hmm. That's what gray is. Okay gray do you ever look out and see the how many cars are gray you know how many people live a gray life my car is gray out there well all right you know how many cars are gray how many people are living a gray life well one of the things i have to admit i never i only lived a gray life that one year and then i realized that's the only thing i do and i was i was everything was black and white but i didn't realize when i called when i had an opinion i would call it white when it wasn't that's what I mean by that. Say, I, I didn't know the difference. Nobody knows the difference until you start separating facts from lies. Because your lies are facts. I had a friend who was an ex-priest. He actually just passed away recently. And he was, he was a Catholic priest. And, and he, I, was a, I was consulting him for his business for about three years. And, you know, I, I, I really helped him a lot for, for quite a while. And then we just separated. But... I, I tried to tell him, I said, his name was Joe. I said, Joe, I, I, th- I said, truth. I, said, I was telling him something about a truth. 
He looked at me and he said, Sam, he said, yeah, he said, that's your truth. Sam, that's your truth. Well, if he was a Catholic priest, his, his job would have been to help people find the truth. He didn't even know what the hell it was, you know, and well, our relationship ended and we had a friendship too, which kind of dissipated before he passed away. I mean, yeah, that's your truth. No, it's not my truth. There's only one truth. There's only one set of facts. They're not mine. They belong to the universe. They belong to you the same as they belong to me. That's where everything you want is, is going to get is going to get from those facts, from that truth. So everything that you don't is coming from the other side. Yeah. So how do you sort of sort out the facts and opinions? You know, like how do you uh, how do you sort of you know distinguish black from white whenever it's let maybe me not let so me try this again, that. Burke. <laughs> okay, it's real simple. Can I prove it? Okay. Can I prove it? If you can't prove it, it's a lie. If you can't, that's it's all you have to do. Can I prove it? See, or this this thing or this you know. This car is better than this one. Why? Why? Can I prove it? This car is better than this one. Wait a minute. If you have a fact, if you say, well, I want a car, okay, that gives me 25 miles to the gallon MPG, and that's better than this one, it gives me 17, then, that, then that's a fact, right? Now, you look at the car. You're, what about the rest of the car? Is this comfortable? Is comfort important to you? When I buy a car, the number one, I, I have three or four things when I buy a car. Number one, it has to look acceptable to me. I won't ride around in a, I've seen cars on the road I couldn't be in, including color. You know, I, I can't buy a car of pastel colors and stuff like that. So it has to look okay. Then it's not, it's, it just has to look okay. The next thing I sit in it, it has to feel okay. I love comfort in a car, right? And then the third thing, I drive it and it has to drive okay. And then I want the dealership to back it up. That's how I buy a car. Went one time to buy a car, and it was a Taurus. I was looking for, it wasn't even for me. It was for my wife at the time, and, and she wanted one of those uh, Mercury Cougars. A really cute little car, right? So we go to, and, and they were, it was a Mercury, but I went to a Ford dealer because I wondered if they had the same model. Well, they didn't. So they had a Taurus there, and the guy kept trying to, he kept, five times he kept trying to sell me a Taurus, Okay. And I finally told him, I wouldn't get buried in a Taurus, okay? I mean, it is so, it is the ugliest car, to me, it was the ugliest car that ever there ever was. Now, you say, that's an opinion, Sam. You're right, it is an opinion. It was my opinion, okay? I wouldn't, the Taurus doesn't fit my idea of what it's supposed to look like. Yes, that's an opinion. But it's a fact that, to me, that car did not fit my, what I want in an appearance, you see, so sometimes it looks so muted. Well, wait a minute, which is which? What can I prove? I can prove that that car did not measure up to what I need in the appearance. That's, that's a fact. Now, when I say it's the ugliest piece of junk they ever hit on the road, that's an opinion. I say it was ugly. Another person said it looks okay to me. But the fact is, it didn't fit. See, you see how you start to split the hairs back and forth? Right. That's how you do it. And, and it takes a little practice like anything else. Yeah. Okay. And then what sort of, you know, once you're able to really, you know, maybe once you're able to distinguish, say, in your experience, once you kind of got through that year where you said you were seeing everything as gray. Gray. What happened? You know, what did you I, see? I was change? politically correct that year. I was, you know what? Politically correct is gray. That's about as gray as it gets. 
Oh, watch what you say. Watch what, oh, be careful. You don't want to say that. Oh, be careful. You don't want anybody to know that you're feeling that way. That was my political year, my politically correct year, Gray. I have to smile at it now. Oh, God. I lost, it was like a lost year for me. <laughs> so then, you know what happened once you started seeing black and white again? Uh, I had learned enough to keep my mouth shut. So I wasn't putting my foot in my mouth every other day. I wasn't pissing people off like I used to all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I learned to shut up. That was the best part. I learned to shut up. When I, when I really learned, and that was all happening about the same time, and when I learned to be, I say shut up or be quiet, people who knew me said, is there something wrong with you? Are you okay? They thought I had a disease or something, you know. But I realized what a fool I was making of myself when I was just telling everybody my opinions all the time. And, and I kind of reinvented myself. And I, that was a big thing for me. I didn't know anything about belief yet. Yeah. I didn't know anything. I didn't, hadn't separated into facts and opinions yet. But I knew enough to shut up and stop, stop aggravating people. One of the worst things I did was I'm a dominant person. A dominant person wants to make quick decisions, doesn't want to see detail. But, you know, in business, you need compliant people who do that for you. And I was just, I was merciless on my compliant people. You know, why do you need to know that? Come on, give me an answer. Tell me. You know, why do you have to know that? Just, just, and they, they would just turn their brain off and they would start shaking, you know, and they'd, they'd think this monster's coming. And, you know, instead of them, me keeping them comfortable so that they could help me, I was driving them out of their comfort zone and making it impossible for them to help me. Now, can you see where sabotage was coming from? That's one fourth of our program, by the way, is understanding people. And uh, you know, I I couldn't live with a high C anymore. All right, but if you don't have high C's around you and you're not a compliant person, you're going to have problems, big problems. I respect what they do know, big time. If we didn't have compliant people, nothing would work. Car wouldn't run, phone wouldn't work. You know, you wouldn't even have water coming to you. You need compliant people to keep everything rolling. And dominant people just destroy compliant people. Destroy them. That, that's what ruins marriages too all the time. Mm. Well, thank you for talking to me today, Sam. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, if you're listening, you can learn more about what we do by going to PlatinumEdgeSalesTraining.com uh, or you can reach out to us and call us or just contact us in any of the ways uh, possible on the website. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and we will be talking to you again soon.